Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. This is episode 15. If you keep track at home, I'm Ryan the Goose Gosker, joined here by my co-host, Jolan Bioka. Jolan, welcome to another episode. Number 15, baby. Let's get it. Number 15. We're going to rock and roll because, boy, do we have a lot of content for you. As always, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to reach out. We want you to let us know what you like about the podcast, what you want to hear on the podcast, too. That's always best when your fans express what they want to hear. And if you want to be a guest, feel free to reach out to Jolan or myself. We'll give you our contact and, and social media info there at the end. But if you have us personally, you can always text us, call us, do whatever you need to do. But regardless, we want you on the show, so let's get into it. Today, we don't have a guest, but Joel, we're going to jump right into the NFL, and boy, they are the headline right now. Why? Because they are starting Thursday night. I'm so excited, dude. Football. I it's need back. it in my life. I need it in it's my back. life. It's back. I'm back in the New York groove, as, as the song goes. I, I feel amazing. I can't wait. I think a lot of people, especially a lot of listeners on this podcast, have waited a long time for football. Right, because their season ended just as COVID was kind of, hey, it's around, and then boom, in March it hit. You know, so it's going to be really interesting. And unfortunately, today, Saturday, is a little bit of a sad day because the for roster who? for who, Ryan? Well, not for the guys making thirty million dollars a year, but unfortunately for the guys that are at the bottom of the roster because rosters do get cut to fifty-three today. That is due by 4 p.m. today, Saturday, September 5th. And of note, Jolan, who who do we got so far? Well, AP yesterday um, with the Redskins, he actually, prior in the month, he said he wanted to play at least five more seasons. But it looks like his career might be coming to an end. He just got cut by the uh, Washington football team, rather. Excuse me. And uh, Josh Rosen, also in Miami, he got released after being dealt what seems to be just a bad hand after bad hand in the league. Now, before we get on to our next topic, I do want to talk about Rosen just a little bit. Do you think he can overcome what he's been dealt in the NFL? It's difficult because you know I've mentioned this a lot. Your situation dictates your NFL career. Exactly. Just about every time. Like Patrick Mahomes could not have a better landing spot than Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, and we look at a guy like Cam Newton now who has been named the starter in New England. He has a chance to turn his career around. Why? Because he's going to a fantastic situation in Bill Belichick. Right, great so, defense. Correct. So that's all part of it. It all mixes in there somehow. I don't see it, man. I really wasn't a fan of this guy coming into the draft. You know, his whole thing where he had the hot tub in his in his dorm room. That was kind of that was a funny story. You know, but he just always seemed like a cocky guy to me, and 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 it just I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way, and I, unfortunately. He's had about seven different offensive coordinators in his last five years of football. You know, I really hate to make this comparison, but you can't not think about Rosen's situation being super close to Jimmy Clausen. Remember Jimmy Clausen, the golden arm quarterback prospect, went to Carolina, and then boom, the year after, they go get their guy in Cam Newton. Josh Rosen, chosen Rosen throughout high school, chosen Rosen throughout college, was supposed to be the number one quarterback of our era. They get Kyler Murray, he gets on the back end. The situation is so similar that it's kind of crazy. Damn, dude, I didn't know we were dropping Jimmy Clausen today. Dude, Look at that. The, me? the Notre Dame guy, I know, you know, if Dr. Vince Prisbolinski of Ponte Lakes High School is listening, I know he's going to love that name reference. Uh, just in terms of going to Notre Dame, not how it turned out. But regardless, I you know, again... It turned out I, horrible. That guy uh, was correct. supposed to be like the LeBron James of football. And correct. And aspects uh, of greatness. Not so much. So, unfortunately for him, it did not turn out. I And again, I just don't see Josh Rosen working out. Now, Adrian Peterson, 
listen, he had been a consistent guy. We're seeing him and Frank Gore are just rewriting time. It's like time's irrelevant to them. And I was really surprised. But I'll tell you what, Jolan, this year in particular, when you see these guys get cut, get cut, you have to trust the coaches just a little bit more, right? Because we don't get to see any film. Well, I trust Ron Rivera. Right, right. I mean, Adrian Peterson could have been, been missing blocks like Petey Jones and Remember the Titans. Yeah, maybe they're remember really that like movie. Gibson now. They drafted the rookie. Yeah, who knows? Uh, just a tough year. I know there was a video, there was a hype video that got released a few months ago of Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis, and now neither one are on the team. So, really weird turnaround for the Washington football team, but... We're just going to keep it rolling here. The Cowboys, they release a safety. They're talking about bringing back Brandon Carr, the cornerback. Thank God, because that would be roasty toasty for the Giants. <laughs> but they released a safety. and Haha Clinton Dix. That's who it was. They released Haha Clinton Dix. And in theory, Earl Thomas is the guy here, right? Well, I would assume so, but see, I don't know. Because with everything happening the way it's been happening, you would think by now a deal would be done. So that obviously raises some question marks as to why it's not. Maybe it's a money thing. Maybe it's a Jerry thing. We all know how Jerry operates in his own world. So who knows? But I do expect this deal to get done eventually. I just don't know why it hasn't been pulled. Maybe there's other suitors for Earl. Who knows? You know why? You know why it hasn't gotten done yet? Because Jerry's not the one making the decision. It's it's his it's Stephen that's making the decision. Because again, what Earl Thomas is showing. Stephen Jones, by the way, his son. correct. Stephen yeah. Jones, his son. Earl Jones. Er, Earl Jones. Earl Thomas has been... He's already a, in the family? Right. He's been a distraction where he's gone. That's why Baltimore cut him. That was the clause in his contract that they could release him. Conduct detrimental to the team. That's exactly what that was. So, Which speaks volumes because playing at that high of a level, for your conduct to be worse, to get you cut... It speaks a lot. It really does. Especially on a championship team, by the way. Yeah. You know, it's well, not potentially championship right, team. Right, but he's not playing on like the Browns or the Jets or The Browns might have a good season, but I don't well, know. Yeah, what you mean. we'll yeah. see. But regardless, uh, the Browns is another suitor with Grant Delpit ter- tearing his Achilles. Uh they are definitely a suitor, but that's gonna be fascinating to watch. I've heard some reports that they're getting real close, but we'll see obviously as time goes on. It's even getting more interesting with the season starting in just a couple days why a deal isn't done. Well, I'll tell you one reason why it's not getting done is because Earl Thomas is a vet and vets hate training camp. <laughs> yeah, we see this every year. Guys just wait until after training Clowney's camp. Clowney's doing it as we speak. They don't want to deal with training camp. It it sucks. Uh, you know, you're looking at the Giants, you hear the reports. Now, not every coach is Joe Judge, but it sucks, man. Like, training camp is not fun. It's a lot of hitting. Especially this year, every second they have of hitting, they're taking advantage of because they don't get to play preseason games. So, uh, really interesting, and we'll see where Old Thomas goes from there. Joel, the season starts on Thursday, as I mentioned, and we have the Houston Texans against the Kansas City Chiefs. Great matchup. Unfortunately, the Kansas City Chiefs will not get to have the usual ring ceremony. Due to, due to COVID, although the rings did get released and they did get to open them on the field. Oh, man, those things are beautiful. Google Chiefs Super Bowl ring, absolutely phenomenal. But let's remind the folks at home, the last time these two teams met, the 2020 divisional round, and Houston was up 24 nothing in this game. Then what does Kansas City do? Oh, yeah, they go on a 41 nothing run to just absolutely annihilate the Houston Texans and end up blowing them out which seems impossible when you're down 24 nothing, 
and they were actually up four points going into halftime when they were down 24 nothing in the first quarter. That's absurd. So just a reminder of, of what that game is going to bring. A lot of excitement, not only A, to have football back, but B, just the two teams going at it, Jolan. Well, what are your thoughts on, on what you're going to see on Thursday night? I think I like the Chiefs. I think if we had to pick right now between the two, it's definitely the Chiefs in my mind because the Texans have really let go a lot of the weapons this past offseason. Now, they just extended Deshaun for, I think, four-year, $160 million. Correct Something like wrong. that. His base salary is going to be $39 million over the next four years. Exactly. So just know that figure. So they're, That's they're giving the their guys paid. extensions, but they're also releasing pieces like D-Hop, and they're bringing in pieces like David Johnson. So I don't know where their franchise is headed, and I know exactly where the Chiefs are right now. Returning champions, one of the young, hung, one of the youngest hungry quarterbacks in the league of all time, one of the best tight ends in the league of all time, weapons loaded. Their defense could use a little help, but I still, I still think the Chiefs win this game Thursday. I really think they win it on Thursday too, and part of it's going to be their home field advantage, the 14,000 fans that they get to have there, which is going to be interesting to watch Some... on television. I'm not really sure how it's going to look dynamically, but it's going to be cool. I'm not I, just to see people. Something's better than nothing. Absolutely. Always is. I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. History says you take the home team in this game. You know, just coming into the new season. And I'll tell you the X factor. It's their first round draft pick, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Reports at a training camp are he looks phenomenal. He looks terrific. He looks every bit the Brian Westbrook type back that Andy Reid was looking for. Well, mind you, that's the first running back taken off the board this year. So they liked him over the other guys. Yeah, and with Damien Williams opting out of the season, he became the instant starter. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to take them by. I'm going to take them by two touchdowns on Thursday night. I think they win pretty comfortably there. Maybe even come back. Maybe they're even up more, and Houston just scores some garbage time points. So before we get into like the rest of college football and stuff like that, I do want to talk about one person, and that's uh, Jadavian Clowney, because you had just referenced veterans missing training camp because they don't like it. So what's Clowney's situation right now? I heard the Saints might want him. Um, Do you think he's holding out because of training camp or what? Yeah, I think part of it is Clowney's had health concerns over the past few years. So with COVID, you know, teams are limited with how much they could bring guys in for private workouts and all this stuff. So I think that's part of it. Part of it's got to be he doesn't want to do training camp. He is now locked in on what seems like the New Orleans Saints or the Tennessee Titans. The Titans, one went away from the Super Bowl last year. The Saints doing everything they can to mask Drew Brees' garbageness in the postseason the past few years. Well, it's Drew Brees' deep ball that's getting exposed. I, under, I understand that, but that needs to be part of his game because teams are just going to sit on the short route. That's what they're going to do come postseason time. That's just the way it is. He's got to prove he can do it. Jameis Winston. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see how much he plays this year. But regardless, if he goes to the Saints, that's their fifth first-round pick on that defensive line which would be kind of funny when they play the Falcons, who have an entire offensive first-round picks. Uh, just kind of a fascinating little innuendo there. And if he goes, like I said, he goes to Tennessee, now he's shoring up that defense. Mike Vrabel is definitely going to use him the right way. Right, absolutely. And another name we forgot to mention is Logan Ryan, who just signed with the Giants this week. Let's he's gonna go. Play, Bring him home. He's going to play cornerback. He's going to play safety. He's going to play nickel. He's going to do everything. Rutgers stand up. Rucker stand up. He's a New Jersey native, by the way. He was born and raised in Jersey. So welcome home, Logan Ryan. Hope you're hope you're listening. Maybe who knows? 
But I think he's going to be a huge addition to that defense, especially with the loss potentially of DeAndre Baker and Xavier McKinney broke his foot. Well, we're definitely losing Baker for at least four months. He's on the commissioner exemplars. Yeah, it's going to be really tough. And you usually don't come off that list until your trial is done and his trial got pushed back to January, I believe. And they wait till after season so they can handle season issues instead of this. So right. we're so, probably not going to have him all good year. Good luck. And they have a lot bigger things to worry about, unfortunately, right now than, than, than that. They'll just keep him sidelined until they get that all figured out. Next week, Jolon, what we're going to do is we're going to sit down and Whoever may or may not be in the studio. No, we're getting Nick in next week for sure. Talk to him. <laughs> Whomever is in the studio, we are going to pick every game on Sunday, on Monday, which includes the Giants versus Steelers, and we're going to pick the following Thursday's game. So, so not this Thursday, the following. Correct. So we're going to give you guys an upcoming on the next pod. So that's going to be a huge chunk of the pod. So just stay tuned for that. But, Joel, the last thing I want to touch upon in the NFL is our Dark Horse MVP. Mine is pretty clear. It's Kyler Murray. I think I think he is set up the best to have an MVP type season in his second year. Why second year quarterback? That's been the trend the past few years. It's just been that way with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. So I think Kyler Murray is set up to make a really good run, especially with the addition of D Hop. Well, if you want to go Kyler Murray dark horse, I'll also take a sophomore and it might be biased, but I want to say Daniel Jones. And we can honorable mention Drew Locke as a second year. And the reason why I like second-year guys for MVP in the past two years have trended that way is because we're really seeing a change in the era of quarterbacks. When we grew up, we saw Phillip Rivers, Peyton Manning, Statues. Aaron Rodgers, like Eli Manning, like guys who all consistently threw over 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. Like You were eight at one year if you threw 31 touchdowns with all those guys. Now it's a new era of quarterbacks. They're younger. They're a bit more mobile. They suit today's NFL a bit better. And they know how to make plays with their arm, too. So now they're running, they're throwing, and after one year of experience, you now know what exactly to work on, what defenses are going to give you in the NFL, so on and so forth. So I think that extra year of training and knowledge from year one helps them to train in the offseason for year two. And just to hammer that home, you look at those guys, they've had successful year ones. Now it's just like any other level. When you're in high school, your biggest jump comes from freshman to sophomore year. Why? Because you're actually in the program. You know what I mean? So, And in college, it's the same thing. Guys usually take from their freshman to sophomore year to make that big leap. And when they don't, there's a lot of question marks. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Well, granted, he had a injury last year. Mono. Sickness, exactly. Yeah, no but injury. Mono. All the questions get risen, and on year three or four, they're now in the hot seat to keep their job. He was also seeing ghosts, so that's a problem. I'll tell you what, though. Sam Darnold's got a job in New York for a long time. I don't care how much he struggles. They will defend him. He's tied to the GM. They will defend him until they are in the grave. And they, and they re- referencing Jet fans. Regardless, someone they might want to look at next year, and as we flip the script to college football, is Trevor Lawrence. Now, college football technically starts today, September 5th. There's some minor games going on. Monday, we have Navy-BYU on Labor Day, which I think is going to be really cool. I think it's going to be a great spectacle for everybody to watch. The Mormons are coming. <laughs> Great. Uh, the Navy and Army's going to have, up at West Point, they're going to have fans. I, I recently found that out this week. Uh, a little bit of fans. Which is cool because games. by the end of the year, if they can finish it with fans, that would be awesome. Right, and listen, as disciplined as they are, of course they have fans. Regardless, we're talking quarterbacks next year. Trevor Lawrence. Them, him, Clemson, Dabo, uh, Travis Etienne, 
all those weapons. They are next Saturday against Wake Forest. That's going to that's gonna be where college game day is. And ACC action starts next week. Now, the Big 12 have has decided, if you want to watch Oklahoma-Missouri week one, or Oklahoma, whomever they're playing, I forget who it is, you're going to have to watch it on pay-per-view. That is a horrific idea. Why? Because TV is your only source of income this year. Not even, Your only source of income. Not even that. The second there's a pay-per-view number that sells, those players are now worth that number. It oh, yes. gets real fickle. Why do you think boxers' main headline cards take most of it? Why do you think Floyd Mayweather promotes his own events to headline them and takes a part of every single fight? Pay-per-view numbers equal legitimate statistics that you could base it off of. They're, they're banking on these guys not being intelligent enough to figure that out, which uh, is partially... Can be partially true. Regardless, the point being, college football is back. Now, what we did see this week, Jolan, is a conference that's not coming back. And that is the Big Ten. And that is President Donald Trump, who put in a little phone call to the Big Ten, the Big Ten Commissioner, Mr. Mr. Warren. And you can imagine how that phone call went. Mr. Trump was, We need football. It's huge. Perfect. <laughs> That was actually perfect. Yes, exact. That's probably exactly how the phone call went. And now he's got a lot of political agenda behind why he would say that. But I don't. I think two things can be true. And Jay Williams said this on ESPN, and I absolutely agree with him. Two things can be true. He can say that for his own political agenda, and he could be right. You know what I mean? Was one of the things we're seeing is one of the big things the Big Ten decided not to play because of is the heart condition that could come with COVID. There's a lot of doctors starting to speculate that those initial numbers may not have been correct or in the ballpark or something like that. And if the Big Ten has to sit back and watch all these other conferences play for the entire year, and don't give me this crap. Warren came out last week and was like, we might start on Thanksgiving. Dog, you are not starting on Thanksgiving. Let's put that out very, very quickly. You want clear. your week one to be the college football playoff? Like- right. You can't do it while the other conferences are about to go into their conference championships. You can't do it. Regardless. Does he that, know something that's going to happen before November that we don't? That situation has been a disaster, Joel. And I'll tell you, Nebraska players are suing. We talked about that in the last pod. There's just confusion everywhere. There's there actually cons- hasn't been too much update on that. So I guess it's a tedious like course. Well, actually... There has been a slight update, and that was the Big Ten released transparency. They have shown some transparency in terms of what happened. They've talked about the vote. They've talked about, you know, like the players said they've only used one source as a use to cancel the season. They have cited that they've used multiple. So they've kind of uh, rebuttaled against what the players have said. It's and taking I think, a lawsuit to do that. Right, and I think that that is the... They've done it in a public eye, so I think that's the update that we're looking for. But, again, the Big Ten, man, if you're not going by October, you're done. Period. End of story. And, again, could there be some discussions? We don't know. Apparently, testing is a huge part of any thought of coming back. So, we don't know. And, and again, testing needs to go to the general public first. That is, you know, that's we said that when the NBA was coming back, when MLB was coming back. If their testing is A, independent, or B, does not affect the general public getting tested, I'm okay with Which it. Which is, right now, we're at a good point. Our hospitals know how to handle this now. The testing is more widely available than ever before. So I think we're at that point where we could start getting teams 
specifically college football teams, test without affecting the public. Yeah, and they're getting tested at their universities regardless. So it's going to be really fascinating to watch. We're going to move down to Orlando in the NBA. Joel, on the last time we were on on the podcast, we were in the first round. Yeah, we were and just we're, wrapping up round one. We are moving into the conference semis, which is round two. How did round one end up? Okay, so uh, the Lakers, they ended up winning against the Blazers in five. Nice little gentleman sweep there. The Rockets took it to seven against the Thunder. The Thunder looked great that series, but the Rockets came out on top. The Clippers won in six against the Mavericks. Luka, unfortunately, couldn't do enough there. And the Nuggets took game seven against Donovan Mitchell and his squad. Unfortunately, Donovan Mitchell just does not have the help to get out of the first round, it looks like. That handles it for the West in the first round, headed to the East. The Celtics had sweeped the 76ers. A lot of problems in Philadelphia going on. The Heat sweep the Pacers and continue to stay hot today. The Bucks beat Orlando in five, and the Raptors sweep the Nets, but the Nets, obviously, with injuries, they'll be back next year. So that wraps up round one. Goss, tell us about the conference semis and what's been happening so far. Yeah, so we've been moving into the conference semis like nobody's business, and we have the Celtics are up 2-1 on the Raptors. They, sh- If you ask anybody on their on the Celtics team, they should be up 3 nothing as OG Ananobi of the Raptors hit a shot with .5 seconds left, down two to win game three, and basically save the season for me, the Raptors. Let me just tell the listeners what was I doing for that. So I was on Xbox talking to one of my buddies, Kevin, and we were both watching the game on a stream, so it was like two or three seconds behind live time. I had looked at the stream, looked at my phone, the phone said the game was over and the Celtics had won, looked back at the stream, and watched Noby hit that shot to game win. Looked back at my phone, and the score was fixed. Yeah, that's a disaster. I'm Disastrous. Tell you. The worst five seconds of my life. You know when that happened to me? That happened to me Daniel Jones' first start in Tampa Bay. I sat there and we were watching. I was like, there's no way this guy can miss this game-winning field goal. No way. It's too short. I look on Twitter. Sure enough, I'm like, hey, guys, watch this. And he misses. I'm like, ah. I didn't want it spoiled for me, but sometimes it just is the way it is. Sports are so, heartbreaking. Uh, OG saves that series because, again, once you go down 3-0, you're screwed. Period. Exclamation it's like point. It's like 0-176. Like, it's bad. Right. And the Rockets took game one from the Lakers. They lose another game one. Surprise, surprise. LeBron and AD just trying to fill it out. And he saw LeBron. I don't know why he was so upset at Russell Westbrook in game one. He dunked on his head. And he had two disrespectful blocks on Russell Westbrook. In fairness, Russell Extremely took a charge on that. Or tried to take a charge on when he got dunked on. Well, he tried. I think Russell could jump with everybody in the league. He tried to take a charge. Yeah. But you got to know, <laughs> it's the best player in the world coming downhill. You're not going to get that call, to Ash be honest. Jason Terry, when the train's coming, what do you do? You get out of the way. That's, <laughs> that's about as simple as that. The Clippers annihilated the Nuggets. The Nuggets, if you listen to Jamal Murray after Game 7, he said, wait, we got to play on Thursday, meaning a day rest instead of two days, they're they're gassed, man. I don't I don't think they match up particularly well to begin with. And now you talk about the Short non-rest, rest. it's over, period. Then we go to the most interesting series, and it's not the closest one either. It's the Heat and the Bucks. I will, I will say this twice. The Heat are up 3-0 in the series. The Heat are up 3-0 in the series. Okay? Giannis, he's put up good numbers, Jolan, here is where I've I've been right the whole time. We've talked about Giannis's minutes. He's got to play superstar minutes. And what does that mean? That's 40-plus minutes in the postseason. Yesterday, going into the fourth quarter, he had played 25 minutes. You want to hear a stat about that? Oh, yeah. He had less minutes 
than 35-year-old Goran Dragic. Down 0-2. Yeah, that's that's awful. What? That's awful. That's the MVP last year, Defense Player of the Year this year. Yeah, and, and he's, he's down be the 0-2 MVP and he's down the floor for 40 minutes. What? And so if you take 25 minutes at the end of the third quarter, he maximum could have played 37 minutes. That is not enough. You are down 0-2. You need to ride him until he is so gassed he can't run up and down the floor. And you know what sucks about that game? They lost it because of his minutes restriction. He yes. was supposed to be healthy in the fourth, and then they got blown out. Well, they only scored 13. You you want to hear an even better thing? In that game three, they got outscored 40-13 to 13 in the fourth quarter. That so should the be resting Im- minutes before the fourth don't mean anything. That should be impossible. That should be impossible. Oh, and by the way, did you see his little press conference after game one when Jimmy Butler cooked his team for 40 points? They asked him, "Did are you going to guard Jimmy Butler? And he said, why would you ask that? How about you're the defensive player of the year? You're the MVP of the league. You're about to be the two-time league MVP. What do you mean, why are we asking why you should guard Jimmy Butler when he's cooking you for 40? Two games later, we're asking you, why aren't you doing that? Like... Well, guess what? He did it in game three, and Jimmy Butler cooked him in the fourth. Period. Exclamation point. The Heat just... I, I said this, they match up well with the Bucks. I don't know if I said it on the pod, I may have said it on our radio show. They match up well with the Bucks because Bam Adebayo can play him, not one-on-one all the time, but he can force difficult shots from Giannis. He can force the ball out of his hands. Got Correct. To give it to Brogdon, give it to uh, Correct. other guys, Bledsoe, and they're just not making plays. And he has done that, and something I've been very excited. So that's the second round as as it stands right now. The one thing I've loved, Joel, on, number one is the Game 7s in Round 1. They were terrific, by the way. The Denver one was ugly, but it was close. The OKC-Houston one, fantastic. Awesome stuff. Lou Dort coming out of nowhere. Most points in a Game 7 by an undrafted rookie in NBA history. Terrific. He had 30. What I do love the most, though, is the families are now attending the games. And I think for the players, this is kind of like in high school. When the parents would show up, they'd sit on the bleachers and, you know... They'd start yelling a little bit. Like, I wonder if anybody brought, like, their parents down and, like, their parents are yelling like they did back in high school. You know, I, I think it's really cool to have them there. Now, Russell Westbrook needs to PG it just a little bit. Eh? There was some expletives in game one that, that I was seeing him yell, and I know there are babies in the stands, okay? So he's <laughs> got to be a little bit more careful there. But, Jolana, it just it warms my heart when I get to see the families there and, and what it means to these guys. See, the reason why I don't like the families there, and don't get me wrong, I'm not some evil, maniacal guy that does not want you to see your family, because I do. But here's the difference now. Jimmy Butler has invited zero people into the bubble. So while these guys are taking a break mentally, I want the guy that's going to win, who's hungry in the corner, who's 7-0 the postseason, who's dropped 43 times. Like, that's the guy I want in my corner right now. I'm sorry. Lovey-dovey, kids, I get it. I get it. Mental health is super important, especially when you're trapped inside of a bubble. It but was, the the guy who's going insane in the corner right now is dropping forty a night. And we saw we saw Paul George talk about that dark space that he's he's been getting in. And Charles Barkley ridiculed him for that. And Charles is completely wrong. Yeah, in doing yes. so. Because, like I said, mental health is serious. But now the guys that don't need the extra comfort are in a whole yeah, new mode. But you know what? It wasn't a thing in the nineties, and I think that's why Chuck still is in. Well, the it was. They just they blew in. everything off in the nineties. Right. That's he what broke I mean. Your arm, like, it was bandaged. You didn't but... talk about it anymore, but. Listen, Jimmy Butler is a psycho, man. That dude gets in the gym at like 3 a.m. and leaves at like 10 p.m. I love it. Like, there's a there is there is a difference. But we're seeing like the Celtics are dominating, and you know their families are there. You know what I'm saying? So I I think for different guys it means different things. 
but I, I like I said, I just love to see it there. It's been really fun. Now, the Nets made a hire this week, and his name is Steve Nash. It's controversial for some and reason. And if you remember that name, played for the Phoenix Suns, played for the Lakers at the point where they said they had the big three with him and Dwight Howard. And, oh, my God, and I, think, I forgot about that Was it that Luau team. Dang was the third? Something it like was, that. It was, it was some scrub, likely. And they claimed they had the big three and that they were back and everything like that. And then they were awful. Okay, and then they broke up that big three. Regardless, two-time MVP. I think he's eight-time All-Star or eight-time All-NBA. Regardless. He should be a one-time MVP. Rob Kobe that one. Regardless. Great player. <laughs> he's a Hall of Famer. He went in the Hall of Fame in 2018. He is now the coach of your Brooklyn Nets. And, I, Jolan, to me, I, I don't want to dive too deep into this. We've seen this before. Jason Kidd, no experience, hired. Mark Jackson, no coaching experience, hired. Okay. You can even go back to Isaiah Thomas, Ty, Doc Rivers. Ty Lue, I mean, he was he was an assistant a little bit, but not really anywhere near the head coach. Boom, gets the head coaching job. Doc Rivers. There's just numerous. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr ended, you know, he ended up being part of that dynasty. They won a championship his first year he was the coach. You know, so it's one of those things where it's got mixed results. Jason Kidd in Brooklyn was, decent. I don't care what anybody says, decent. I think he was awful. He had to push his own player into him to spill water to get a free timeout. That, to me, is a stain forever on his coaching. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do remember that, but my New Jersey bias, I just have to say he did all right. <laughs> right, regardless. Oh, he was there when the Paul George, uh, not Paul George, Paul Pierce was there, Kevin Garnett. Yep. Awful, awful the Celtics times Celtics the Brooklyn Nets. I absolutely garbage. Oh, yes, one of the worst trades in NBA history, in sports history, period. Regardless, Steve Nash is now the head coach. Signed off by Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. This is going to be fascinating because Kyrie, you know, now you got a point guard as a head coach. that He worked well with Ty Lue in Cleveland, from what we understand. And Ty Lue was a point guard, too. So what are your thoughts on Steve Nash and, and kind of how that works? So I like the Steve Nash hire, and the only reason I like it is because KD and Kyrie had the number one voice in that. I don't like it just because, oh, I like Steve Nash and he's a good guy at basketball and he's real high basketball IQ. I like it because they're starting a new regime over in Brooklyn and it's starting with KD and Kyrie. Like, it's working from the players up. They obviously have a hand-picked say in this and I think it's really going to benefit them. We're talking about one of the smartest guys on the basketball court ever. Yeah, and they got a lot of guys coming back. And, it, and like I said, the only other time in NBA history you can really think of anything close to this is when Steve Kerr got the job because... A lot of the other guys didn't really get championship-ready teams, which, make no mistake about it, Brooklyn, you are championship-ready in terms of talent on that roster. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Period, exclamation point, sign the dotted line. So I think that's that's kind of what makes it just a hair bit different. Great hire nonetheless. And Jolan, just uh, to wrap up basketball, got to toot my own horn a little bit. Uh, you, you know, you, you were talking about it in prep. Why, what am I tooting to today? So we had realized when we were going over our award picks that out of the five released so far over the NBA that Ryan has hit every single one, being, being coach of the year, most improved player, sixth man of the year, defensive player of the year, and sixth man, correct? Sixth man, yeah, I thought, yeah. So, yeah, those five. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, rookie I'm sorry, I said sixth man yep. twice. So out of those five so far, minus MVP that hasn't been released, Ryan's hit every single one. And it'll likely be Giannis, which is going to be funny because I was talking to you in prep about this. If you lose, you are expected to leave the bubble the next day. 
So if the Bucks lose in Game 4 and get swept, they have to leave the next day. Well, if the MVP's not announced by then, Giannis has to accept his award via Zoom. How awkward How awkward is that, Jolan? Super awkward. And it's going to be more super awkward if they let him stay there and his team's gone to well, accept the award. <laughs> we're going to see. He might be leaving that team soon anyway. Regardless, we're going to get into baseball before we get too deep into speculation. Not too much in baseball, just some talking points. Steve Cohen, now the frontrunner for the Mets. He's in exclusive negotiations, which basically means he is the only one negotiating at the time. J-Lo and Alex Rodriguez put out their little statement about how they're disappointed and all that. This is typical A-Rod, by the way. The second doesn't win, someone's screwing him over in some sense. Yeah, not, I, not in this one. They were the lower bidder. There's no way. Steve Cohen, $2.35 billion for that team. So he's going he's gonna to get it, I think, this time. The Mets, on the field, they've been eh. They've had these really good moments. He walked it off against the Yankees. Right. They had, when they played the Yankees five times in one weekend... They swept a doubleheader on Friday night. Everybody's like, this is the best Mets day in 15 years. And then they come back on Sunday, and they blow two games that they should have won in a doubleheader and then lose two, and then it all just kind of spirals. But regardless, you're right. Pete Alonso walked it off against the Yankees. That was a makeup from late August. And Pete is kind of getting there. He might be kind of getting there, but here's a stat for you. He is now tied for the most home runs in the first 200 career games with Aaron Judge, and to do it against Aaron Judge and against the Yankees to tie up the season series, he well, might be on, he might be on the verge of a big turn. Well, he might be he, on the verge of a big turn. He did not do it against Aaron Judge because Aaron Judge is injured. Well, no, against Aaron Judge's I, team. I understood rather. exactly oh, okay. what you meant. But this Aaron guy, Judge is technicalities. Injured. Okay, and and Aaron Judge again just has been injured the whole. I mean, most of the season he had that start where everybody said he's the MVP, and then it kind of fell off from there. And if you're looking for the latest update, as of five hours before this podcast is recorded, hopefully over the next couple weeks, we will be on the road to getting him back. And where'd you get that from? That is from that is from a, a clip from an Aaron Boone press conference. Okay. So that comes... From the mouth is, of Aaron Boone. Right, but that is one of the most Mets thing we've ever heard. He's a few weeks from us starting to get him back to on the field. <laughs> Think about that for a second. We're a few weeks away from getting him to start coming back. Don't worry, guys. We're like a handful of days away from looking at it. That's why, like, all, <laughs> all the Yankee fans tweet, like, what is our strength and conditioning staff? And I'm like, you know what? Try being a Met fan, man. You know, get get used to it. But regardless, now I want to get to some teams in the playoff hunt. The Yankees are obviously in the playoff hunt. They can't seem to beat the Tampa Bay Rays, by the way, which is really just weird. Now in the NL, you're, ta- you're looking at the Marlins. The Marlins are in a playoff spot. We I thought, think the Marlins still have a lot of games to make up, no? I believe they do, but we had talked about Derek Jeter ruining this franchise, right? He traded Giancarlo, traded Marcelo Zuna, he traded Christian Yelich. Unfortunately, lost Jose Fernandez, rest in peace. Correct, rest in peace to him. He basically just completely shipwrecked this entire franchise. JT Real Muto left, and here they are. Now, they, now again, they do have a lot of games to make up. But they're right in it right now, and another team is Slam Diego. And they haven't hit a ton of grand slams lately, but they've been terrific. They got Mike Clevenger at the deadline, who's a good, solid pitcher. And again, they're going to go make a run at it. Why? Because you kind of got to get that second spot because the Dodgers are 30-10, and which which matches their best 40-game start 
in franchise history, by the way, and that's a storied franchise. They're already 500. If you guys don't understand, they are already 500, only two-thirds of the way of the season. Right, they need one win to guarantee a winning season this year, which is they're obviously going to get. But just so the Padres are looking at second in that division, man, I want Fernando Tatis in the postseason. This is what baseball needs more of. They need to get their stars somehow, some way, the stars in the biggest, brightest lights. And what is that? The postseason. Now, what are they gonna? Are they gonna do a postseason bubble? I don't know. It's been in discussions. They might need to to make sure that nothing gets canceled. Because how do you stop and start the postseason uh, to keep things fair? But regardless, Jolan, I want to get your final thought. Will Major League Baseball make it through the rest of their season? Yes. And on top of that, I think the Padres do make the playoffs. I'm gonna add that in, and reason why. But I think they finish it because. So far, we've seen stops, we've seen delays, and we've seen teams come back. We've seen teams play back, and we've seen teams do well when they've come back, Marlins, i.e. So when that happens, it's a very, very positive sign for how the rest of the season should go. If there is any hiccups, then we should can get around it, and we will get around it. So I think this t- league specifically does finish their season. And credit to Major League Baseball. They stuck with it. It, was, it could have been very easy with two, three teams. That's it. Boom. Cancel the season. But... They, they hung into it. The guys started to buy in, Jolan, and I think that's the biggest thing. We heard the story about the Indians guys. The one guy tried to come back at 3 a.m. after going out. The other guy just didn't come back at all that night. And ever since, I think them, things have been a little bit tamer. These guys are starting to get it, starting to understand what they have to do to be successful. And we're starting to slowly see that around the country in all of the world of sports. To bring this full circle, we're starting to see guys understand they have to play their role. Jolan, that's going to do it for episode 15. Next week, again, heavy football because the NFL is back, baby. I'm already going to tell you the Giants are going to win on Monday night, period, exclamation point. Regardless, we're going to be back next week with picks, with all the insight, all the analysis, everything you need to get ready for week one in the NFL, the rest of week one, and start your prep for week two in the NFL. We might even give you some fantasy tips every once in a while. Fantasy tip number one of the 2020 NFL season, Jolan, start Patrick Mahomes. That's probably a good idea. So we're going to leave it on that note. You can always reach out to me on Twitter, at Gossiker56, or at Goose on the Mic on Instagram. Feel free to reach out. Say whatever you want. Hate the podcast. Love the podcast. Hey, I want to hear more of this. I want to hear so-and-so. Let us know. Jolan, where can they find you and the podcast you can, on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at good old Joel's or on Instagram at Joel on Bioqua. Um, or you can follow our Twitter at podcast air it out or Instagram at air it out dot podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us there. Toward the end of the show, I got to say one thing. The best ability is availability. Put Always. it in the books.